I'm really uh, excited to welcome you all to our uh, first webcast, which is uh, Talking Local. Um, it's the, the first of a series that we're going to do, um, and we're going to be discussing the secrets of brand implementation and activation in sectors that uh, operate through local partners, uh, whether those are retailers, branches, dealers, franchises, or anything in between. So in the, the, the session that we're doing today, um, we're going to be talking about the hospitality um, and food and beverage sectors and the value of um, marketing locally um, for, for, for this particular sector and how to deliver a consistent and effective brand experience across these multiple decentralized food and beverage outlets. So hopefully by the end of it, we'll have, we'll have talked about how to fully immerse local partners in your brand, leveraging the value of those local partners and making marketing easier for them. And we'll give you some actionable insights and ideas that you'll be able to take away uh, and really get your local network working with you as an extension of your central marketing team, which is, is the big win, really. So I'll start off today by introducing the panel um, and the key marketing trends that they're seeing in the food and beverage sector. So for, for myself, I'm Peter. I'm the uh, managing director and owner of We Are Acuity. Um, we've been supporting brands that work across uh, multiple decentralized locations for over 20 years now. And over the pandemic, across a whole host of industries, we've seen a, a rapid uh, digitization during the, 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 the pandemic of, of various industries at a, a much faster pace than would have happened otherwise. And as we've returned back to, to normality, we're seeing that a lot of that digitization is, is sticking, which is a, a real positive for customers and, and businesses alike. Um, if I move now to um, to Simon, would you like to do your introduction and give us a bit of a heads up on what you're seeing? Yeah, hopefully uh, you have got me because I just had a drop out of my signal. So my apologies. Uh, yep, but good afternoon, uh, everybody, and, and good morning to those from other parts of the globe. Uh, Simon Esner, uh, been in the hospitality industry for plus 40 odd years. Um, started as a KP, uh, became a restaurateur, uh, ultimately ended up as a partner in a business called WSH Limited, uh, where we grew successfully to uh, over a billion pre-pandemic. Um, and then about a year ago, uh, I decided to uh, take semi-retirement from that and set up a business called Uncommon Sense, which is focused on hospitality, uh, training, development, motivating, uh, teams motivating individuals and uh, really pushing uh, the boundaries of where hospitality can go uh, in 2023 and onwards. Thank you, Simon. And what are you seeing sort of a, 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 from your side of things at the moment that's happening in the marketplace? I think the biggest uh, issue at the moment, uh, to apologies to start on a negative, but the biggest issue is uh, around the labour force. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge challenge for uh, certainly in the UK uh, and where I am here uh, in, in mainland Europe, it's a, a big, big challenge getting uh, the right people. And so training is a massive part of what we're currently involved in at the moment um, in terms of getting the teams up to a, a proficient level to give great customer service. That's number one. Number two is the cost of goods. It really is becoming um, a, a real challenge, but that's a global problem rather than just a European issue. Um, and primarily it's around the, the transportation of goods and the cost of transportation. Uh, but on the positive side, 
I think it's fair to say that uh, customers are looking for experiences. They are looking for great customer service, great food, great uh, initiatives from the hospitality industry that will draw them in. Uh, and of course, it's then down to um, the the um, the providers of that hospitality to give the very very best that they can uh, when they have the client uh, in front of them. Fantastic, thank you, uh, Simon. Um, Rachel, would you like to uh, introduce yourself and and tell us what you're seeing from your side of things? Sure. So, hi everyone. My name is Rachel McDowell. Um, I'm currently head of marketing for Crep Affair. Um, I've been in hospitality, specifically in marketing, for the last 15 years. Um, across TGI Fridays and Mitchells and Butlers. Um, so yeah, Crepe Fair, we've got uh, 13 sites, three of them are franchised. We've also got sites over in the KSA as well. Um, and I guess currently, you know, echoing exactly what Simon has said about labour, cost of goods and everything. Um, they are the key, key challenges. But in terms of like some positive trends and things that I'm seeing from a marketing point of view, um, delivering those great experiences and you know consumer demand now for things that they can put on their social media accounts um, is huge and growing so great opportunity for us to make sure that we have amazing looking products. Excellent thank you very much and uh, last but no means least Christopher. Hi good, uh, good morning to every, everyone in my part of the world. I'm Christopher Brown. I'm a North, I head up North American operations for Marvia. Marvia is a local brand management platform um, that gives you centralized control of brand uh, and decentralized localized customization and deployment of uh, all your marketing assets, whether it be print or digital. Um, so one of the one of the most uh, important things I'm hearing these days is really about operational efficiency. So that, that's really where we come into the conversations where uh, uh, organizations, uh, uh, geographically diverse organizations, a lot of local, uh, local hubs are looking for ways that they can increase, um, uh, you know, increase their efficiency uh, and um, reduce their costs, their production costs, uh, and uh, just basically improve their processes. I think that this is a, a time when people are looking at the ways that they've done things and they're trying to improve uh, their processes. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that. So the the second uh, question of the session is is really about how can brands successfully maintain that local consistency. Um, you know, uh, most brands are spending a lot of money on uh, above the line marketing, whether it's, you know, a big TV ad or big social campaigns and those kind of things. But but sometimes that can then sort of evaporate at local level with the customer when they when they actually come into your local stores. So uh, how, how do you um, maintain that consistency? How do you engage those local uh, partners of yours? with your with your national um or, or your major sort of brand campaigns and major brand sort of positioning and that kind of thing uh, have you got any thoughts on that simon at all i think in terms of engagement with local um partners uh specifically the way that if i think of some of the locations that we we have and we operate now we work um in a almost a cooperative fashion with some of the local farmers or the local uh, producers of food. And we piggyback or they piggyback our marketing so that we may say, as an example, uh, I'm just 
for this conversation now, our asparagus, which I'm, you know, is out of season, but I'm just using it as an example. Our asparagus is grown at a farm, which is 10 kilometers up the road. And that's served here in this restaurant. And you put that out as local marketing. Clearly you then encourage your customers through uh, conversations by digital marketing and otherwise that they're gonna Instagram that, hopefully Instagram the uh, the dish that's served and is obviously beautifully presented and fantastically served by the team uh, and thereafter um, linking it back to the farm and hopefully if you've got people that are doing some Instagram at the farm you can take those images and push them out into your campaign and that's that's just one example of how we're we're working with local partners so using the the food producer to uh, piggyback equally. Uh, mm -hmm. an opportunity because it drives if they have uh, a farm shop it drives customers there and clearly drives customers to the restaurant or restaurants okay and i guess in a with a with a traditional sort of centralized um model that kind of thing is very difficult to control from a central point it needs to uh it needs empowerment of the of of your local partners in order to to manage that whole situation because i assume that the initiative to serve that asparagus is something that is driven by the the local manager and the local team yeah as well as the seasonality of product so if you think that um which is probably a really bad <laughs> example to give as we sit here in the end of september to say asparagus but it's the first thing that came to my mind um <laughs> I should have said something else clearly, but yeah, yeah, it's about it's about that seasonality and understanding where the market is from a, a food market seasonal then. And you're quite right, Peter, it's having that local relationship with the grower, the farmer to be able to to. And again, the empowerment of the manager in the, the restaurant or in the local hub, if the manager, if she's got or he's got uh, four or five units that they're looking after having that empowerment to be able to have those communications and discussions with the grower and provider. Okay. And and Rachel, to 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 bring you in, we we were we were touching on some of this the other day when we were speaking about it. And the fact that in some other sectors, so for example in automotive, that the product is is absolutely consistent wherever in the country that is being delivered so the focus in those instances is very much on the on the brand the manufacturer brand and that consistency but as you said in food and beverage the way a crepe is served in york could be very different to how one is served in brighton and as your customers now are very much controlling an awful lot of the the imagery the the, the self-generated content your your um, sampling and making sure that you get that consistent product out there is key. Absolutely, yeah, you've just nailed it there, Peter. I've said everything, um, haven't yeah. I? Really, you no. But, but how yeah. how do you how do you how are you managing that? How how at um, Crape Affair are you are you dealing with some of those challenges? Absolutely. So obviously we have a fantastic operational team, um, which you know we roll out our specs of our products. Um, but obviously we see things on social that our customers will share. So we have that ability to go back to the team when things perhaps aren't looking as good as they can be. But I, I think, you know, when we talk about community and um, operations and the front line now, I think now more than ever, like for a central function as marketing, having that direct, you know, report straight into the front line is so important. 
because then you've got that two-way communication between them you're supporting the team with community um, but then also from a community point of view it's the customers as well I know you talked specifically about product Simon um, but also for us it's how do we um, engage that local community through different propositions through making sure that we continue and carry out like random acts of kindness to keep them coming back and we were talking, weren't we, about um, the uh, diary of a CEO, which I was um, I started to listen to the full thing and the, the, the Pret example of the button, the random act of kindness button um, and, and how in the early days, some of his, some of their stores were so focused on profit, but they were missing that opportunity to build that ongoing relationship with the customer. I think, as you were saying, uh, Simon, previously, the you know there is a job to get somebody in the door but then building that relationship whereby the customer wants to come back a, a, a again and again um so, uh, christopher um for, for, from your perspective obviously in the in the world of marketing automation and that kind of thing you do have the ability to absolutely lock down local marketing but there's also the opportunity to to open a door and to give more uh, flexibility and more input into those local marketing campaigns. How, how does that work from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think whether you're using user generated content or whether the local manager or uh, franchise partners creating content that's specific to their community, um, I think it's important to know to, that that um, that that kind you know, these are not uh, professional marketers, right? So the central team really wants to make sure that that content, whether it be user generated, whether it be created at the at the community level, um, reinforces the brand and doesn't detract from the brand. So that's really the key key uh, point. Often marketing uh, objectives are, are uh, there's friction between marketing objectives and brand building, right? So brand building sometimes more of a longer term thought process as opposed to uh, tactical marketing where you're measuring short term uh, KPIs. Um, so what the central team really wants to be able to is enable that frontline marketer. Uh, enable that franchise partner, enable that manager to be able to easily adapt on brand materials uh, so that you're you're on design, you're on brand, but they're still able to customize that to engage their local community and what they feel is important uh, and and to have the flexibility uh, to be able to uh, easily create those materials. One of the things that we see is often the local manager or local franchise owner that you know they 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 don't have a lot of time they have a lot of things on their plate uh marketing materials creating marketing is something that if it takes too much time they just won't do it and so you want to enable them to be able to do more marketing and so that's where we see automation come in that's where we see you know automating a lot of the uh the processes so that they're um so that their materials are automatically on brand they automatically have their local contact information things like that um so that they can get in they can quickly create something that's relevant to their community uh and get out uh and and make sure that that gets sent out to wherever it needs to go whether it be social media channel whether it be print um, they can get in, get out in five minutes, get that done um, and engage at that level. And the central team is always sure that, you know, that's going to be on brand. That's going to be furthering the brand objective, not detracting from it.
yeah absolutely absolutely okay um so the uh the third question we got is where is the line between brand and local partner marketing now i guess one of the things that can come into my uh mind in food and beverage is the the the, the chefs i guess play such a huge part uh in the sort of the perception of the restaurant i'm i'm sure we've all had restaurants that we've gone to and the chef changes and suddenly everything about the restaurant changes and you may not want to go uh back again so how do you how do you um immerse the people that are coming in in food and beverage and serving or or cooking the food and and preparing the food how do you immerse them in your brand so that it, it it's consistent i guess but still harnesses the individual's uh, flair and that kind of thing how how do you how do you normally immerse somebody in this is how you do a crepe it needs to look like this rather than them coming in saying well I, i've i've been a chef for 30 years i know how to do this stuff what what what, what are the sort of things you do rachel uh, well obviously like all brands we have a set of values um, which encourage different behaviors within our business and um, so for us about empower empowerment um, and being passionate about what you do and what you bring to the business and always seeking for, uh, always seeking out like new ideas and looking to be the best you possibly can be. Um, so I, I truly believe that having those set of values helps your team deliver upon that. But of course, yes. a, you know, a rigorous training team um, who constantly make sure that, you know, new starters go through the training plan and then the training doesn't stop then it, it mm -hmm. continues and you just keep you have to keep going back to it so people don't don't forget and they don't steer away from you know the business objectives and what we're looking to achieve yes. so yes the training plays a massive part in that for us and and that i guess i mean our experience over the years is that when you're running a, a local marketing program there's two elements to it one is giving them the tools so that they can market themselves but there's also that education piece for for the local partners themselves helping them to understand and engage with the brand and understand what its objectives are and what it's trying to achieve and and that getting that dynamic right is a hugely important part of of the whole initiative i find yeah absolutely and i think you know when it comes to local store marketing for us that's interesting that our managers and our ops team understands, you know, they understand their business, right? They're in it day in, day out. Um, I can't possibly be at every single store every day knowing the customer profile that is visiting. Um, so I have to tr trust um, in things that they're seeing to make sure that we build the right communications to help them locally as well. Yes. And I guess that then also comes down to the this idea of carrot or stick, really, um, because, again, with different brands we've worked with, you know, I have seen brands that use the stick. Um, and I think in the short term, it might have an impact. But in the longer term, it, it, it alienates the network and it, it destroys that feeling of a, of a team. Uh, Christopher, what do you you know, what things have you found with the different brands you're working with? Well, I think I think that's spot on. I think a, a couple of points come to mind. One is, um, you know, enabling them to communicate amongst themselves. Sometimes um, some of the best ideas, some of the best uh, plans can come from 
you know, a channel where best practices can be shared or, or where, uh, you know, the, the manager level or the franchise partners can discuss amongst, among themselves what's working in their local communities and, and share that. Um, from a central team point of view, it's really having uh, the analytics and oversight about what materials are being used, where they're being used, what channels they're being used. Um, and that gives them an overview of the ability to say, you know, well, you know, um, you know, this this particular location isn't isn't really doing a lot of, of sort of customized marketing or local marketing. We can see that direct results in the sales numbers. Um, so maybe we need to reach out and uh, to that manager or that franchise partner and assist them. Uh, and maybe maybe how they can market more effectively so from a central point of view really having oversight into what's happening with your marketing materials who's doing what uh and and what's working what's not um really helps inform not only um, how they can empower those frontline marketers but also it can uh, help them plan for what materials do they need to create in the future? What what does their creative team need to be designing from a campaign standpoint that that is working um, and really uh, take off from there? Yeah, and I, I guess some of this is um, because of that, sometimes there can be a disconnect between a, a head office, which, which could be perceived as being in an ivory tower versus the network that feel that they're doing the, the hard graft. You know, we've often heard you know those out in the network saying well what do those guys know about making a crepe or selling a car or making a cup of coffee or whatever you know they're up there and they're telling us what to do so you need to get that dynamic right and i think head office you know often needs to be fully on board and understand the idea that these people are running their own businesses you know they're putting their they've got skin in the game they, they're putting money into this stuff and if things are not going well it's not because they don't want it to go well it's because they need some support some education a bit of co-funding I think somebody touched on already the fact that you know these people are business owners they're not necessarily marketeers um, and you know how can we help them and how can we support them and and how can we um, you know bring them into new emerging marketing channels that that that, that might be opportunities that they're not aware of um, Simon, you said um, you were saying previously about, um, you know, perhaps it's the the brand's job to get the customer in the door in the in the first place to raise awareness of the brand. But once the customer has come in, perhaps it's the the the, the local partner's role to build that relationship and to engage with the customer and get them coming in. You, you talked about events, you know, birthdays and various other things to get customers coming back. How how important is that? human relationship between customers and the actual uh, uh, the vendor? Well, vitally important human relationship is, is such an important uh, topic. But I just want to come back to and add, uh, if I may, to Rachel and Chris's point, because um, I agree completely, by the way, with everything that's been said. But I also think at that recruitment point, um, getting the vision of what we as a business are about is, is super important because, uh, as Rachel said, you've got to uh, onboard the team. I'm paraphrasing you, Rachel, but onboard the team members, uh, make sure they understand the values um, and ensure that they understand how you want that product to be served and delivered with, with your um, uh, absolute brand guidelines in place. But it, it also starts a, a little bit before that, I would suggest, certainly in, in my experience, at that recruitment point where you, you're looking for uh, colleagues to join the team. 
is that you share with them at that point the values that your brand has, the values that you as a business want to portray. Um, and it could be at that very early point, you find uh, some great superstars who go on to become uh, real brand ambassadors. But also the other side of the coin is that you can find some people that they, they put their hands up quite quickly and say, that is not, that's not me. And that's fine because not everybody can share your vision and values. So I just wanted to add to what uh, Rachel and Chris had said. But in coming back to your point or your question there, Peter, uh, the human contact element and the human understanding for me is one of the, the, the biggest um, local marketing uh, tools that we have uh, when we get um, the opportunity to really understand our, our customer base if uh, we're a local restaurant is to really understand if there's a birthday or an anniversary make sure that we as the as the restaurateur and the local team forget head office forget where that brand uh, identity is coming from but at a local level to know that each august the whatever it is or september the 29th it's uh, you know peter's birthday how can we how can we push out to peter to let him know that we remember that so that Peter and will we'll come and spend the anniversary or the the birthday with us. And again, making Peter feel that we care about Peter so that it's not just used. Our venue isn't just used for a special occasion, but is used um, throughout the year. And yes. so that human relationship is is something that we, we value very, very highly. Uh, and we're just uh, launching a, a, a new venue here where, where I am. And, you know, one of the first things that we've, we've almost got, uh, if you like, a CRM of uh, clients from uh, an existing venue, which is only about 12 kilometers away. So we know that the customer base will travel to this particular venue because it's only 12 kilometers. So we're pushing out marketing to them using the local team's knowledge that we know, as an example, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. or Miss and Miss uh, have a, 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 an event coming up in the very, very near future, i.e. the next few weeks. Let's invite them along to the launch event of the restaurant so that they can feel already part of a new venue, which is only, say, maybe 10 kilometers away from a, an existing uh, location of ours. So, so it's, yeah, the it's human load is super important. Yeah, the local engagement and the relevancy yeah. and, the, and the connecting with the local community can probably really only be done authentically from, from yeah. that local partner's perspective. And really. we can't do that from an HQ perspective because we don't know the local teams, you know, 12 kilometres away. Uh, I'm not going to visit there that often, uh, but yes. the local operational team and the local management team you know, that, they've got such a, a level of skill uh, and knowledge, which is way beyond what we, we would have at, yes. at, a, at a head office perspective. So so that takes us beautifully onto the final question. And we, we've only got a couple more minutes on this, really. But how, how then do you encourage your local partners to do more uh, effective local marketing? I mean, from my perspective, I feel it's all about making it easier um, centralizing efforts, but supporting the network, whether that's sort of co-funding, uh, building peer-to-peer -peer networks with your amongst all of your network, because Christopher, as, you, as we were saying the other day, often they will listen more to to other restaurants or cafes or hotels. Their opinions 
carry often a little bit more uh, gravitas than than head office. So you put those sort of tools in place, really. Christopher, what, have you got any thoughts to expand on that? Yeah, I think I think this is where it comes in. You know, this is central team's job to uh, enable that creativity uh, with an eye toward, uh, you know, sort of brand consistency. So that, that's really the crux of this question, which is, you know, how does the central team, uh, you know, give the give the frontline marketers the tools uh, to easily and quickly create uh you know the the materials whether it be print or digital to be able to support that list that that uh, simon is talking about or uh, perhaps a birthday campaign uh where you know um you know central team has given templates or 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 things that can automatically apply the content uh of whose birthday when it is uh and and send that out so um it's really about uh you know the central team enabling that frontline marketer to do better with their in-community marketing uh to be more efficient to be faster uh and to be more effective at the end of the day the central team wants that frontline marketer to do more marketing whether it's a manager whether it's a franchise partner the the, the increase in volume of marketing especially at the community level will see a direct impact on sales and that's what the central team really should be looking to enable uh in 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 that relationship yes and i guess i guess in return for that they also need systems in place that give reporting and, and allow a two-way dialogue so that they can see who's doing what who's struggling who's doing well and build that community out there in the network so that they feel that they're working together as a, as a kind of as a, as a team really rather than competing with the next pancake house or whatever as often happens um what 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 what's your feeling rachel on 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 that just to sort of close up um yeah like for us because we're such a small team we're very nimble anyway so unfortunately we don't have all these big automated um, machines which i have worked with in the past which you know generates all those templates and things which is great because you can be super reactive there and then um but yeah absolutely i'm all for local store marketing um, and making sure that you're giving the community and your customers the right you know as long as if you've got the right team in there which are giving fantastic experiences then to drive more people into there then doing that on a local level is super important i think the other thing i was going to touch on which we haven't talked about just very quickly is just um with local marketing now like google reviews and the importance of those and they're such a simple thing um, and that goes back to simon's point about these great experiences and that's where you can really see it coming through and customers have had a good time they take the time out to leave i've just had one through now um a review on google so yeah excellent good all right well this we could obviously carry on talking for a, for a lot longer but um you know we've said that we would uh, stick to half an hour so hopefully that has been um, very useful for all our listeners. It, it isn't from my my feeling is it's not either um, brand complete control or free for all. You can bring the two things together. You can bring together that brand consistency, uh, maintain that brand promise, but you can also empower your local partners. And as we go into potential you know choppy waters and downturns you need everybody on your team pulling together to get you through this absolutely 
Yeah, fantastic. Definitely. Okay, well, thanks so much, uh, everyone. We will have a recording of this, which we will uh, share out on uh, uh, on Apple Music and uh, Spotify, and there'll be a recording available as well. So thanks to everybody for their time. Uh, have a great rest of the day. Cheers, Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.